for my home studio. Welcome to Evolve, groundbreaking Jewish conversations. Torah teaches humans are created the Tzalem Elohim in the image of this divine creative force. Therefore, each and every one of us are endowed with this creative capacity. I think we get trained to focus on product or end result or art is really about what other people think of what I've made. Um, and really art can be just for you. You never have to show it to anyone. I'm your host, Brian Schwartzman, and our guest today is Rabbi Adina Allen. We'll be discussing Rabbi Allen's essay, The Jewish Studio Project, Art Making as Another Way to Interpret Our Texts. So this essay explores the creative process, spirituality, and the ways we can use art and other forms of creativity to access Jewish texts, learn more about and access the deepest parts of ourselves, and actually change the world. We talk specifically about the Jewish Studio Project, which is an organization, and the ways it brings techniques developed for art therapy to enhance spirituality and Jewish community. All right, just to set the scene, this this conversation took place in late April when, when virtually the whole country was in lockdown. And definitely some things have changed, but so much of the living and working at home dynamic is, is still in place for so many of us. As a reminder, the essays discussed on this show are available to read for free on the Evolve website, evolve.reconstructingjudaism.org. The essays are not required reading to get into the show, but we recommend checking them out. Okay, let's get to our guest, Rabbi Adina Allen. Rabbi Adina Allen is a spiritual leader, writer, and educator who believes in the power of creativity to revitalize our lives and transform Jewish tradition. She's the co-founder and creative director of the Jewish Studio Project. All right. Welcome to the show, Rabbi Allen. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're recording this still. We're still in the time of, of social distancing. We don't, we don't know what the next couple of weeks will, will, will bring. Things might look a little different um, by the time this, uh, this gets onto people's podcast feeds. But how are you doing with social distancing? I, I understand you and, you and your partner are running this organization, Jewish Studio Project, full-time, and you have a six- and three-year-old at home? Yep, and how, a dog. <laughs> oh, and a dog. Can't forget the dog. How, how, uh, how's everybody doing? Thank God we're doing okay. Um, I was just thinking, like, every day really is a roller coaster and full of kind of every emotion um, and intensely, but um, it's been really special to have a lot more time with our kids. Um, and it's sort of been beautiful in some ways, seeing the boundaries that have been broken down between those things as my hmm. kids and other people's kids are in Zoom frames and babies are there in the text study <laughs> and, you know, in some really beautiful ways and, you know, some more challenging ways too. So I'm definitely tired, but um, thank God we're all, we're all healthy and um, beautiful weather here in Berkeley. So we have a lot to be grateful for. Uh. They're long days, but it's amazing what, what kind of feels normal now, which would have seemed insane like three months ago. So I, I don't. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of what remains and what changes once um, we're able to move about again. 
So before we dive into Jewish Studio Project, I, I guess I want to acknowledge, I think everybody, our listeners, people are, are dealing with all kinds of stuff right now, anxiety, you know, their emotions are, are like you said, a roller coaster. Um, do, you know, do you advocate folks to the extent they can, they can carve out time delving into some kind of creative process? And is there, I mean, is there something you can recommend they do without going through the whole program? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think what you're saying is right on. I think one of the things, depending on how you engage materials, um, I think one of the things is that art making can really be a tool for emotional regulation, um, for slowing down sort of the same way meditation can be. I think of it as like a moving meditation in that way. Um, and I'll say, of course, for so many of us, um, you know, art making brings up all kinds of baggage that we have around what we've been taught by our culture or by parents or by whoever that we're not artists or we're not creative or here's what this means or that means. And so part of the process is trying to like <laughs> let go of that and know that like you deserve to work with materials. Art is for everyone. Um, and that's part of the, you know, one of the foundational beliefs of Jewish Studio Project, um, the democratization of creativity. So with that, I would say, yeah, we're dealing with really complex emotions and often nonstop. And this is, can be a really traumatic time for folks. So I would say start with where you are. Um, wherever you are, no matter where you are, is the perfect place to begin. Um, regardless of what you think of your talent or your ability, creativity resides naturally in each and every one of you. And you don't need any special skills or special training or special materials to be able to engage in art making. You have a ballpoint pen, you have a number two pencil, you have a stack of highlighters. You don't need anything beyond what you already have. And then I would say start with who you are. So to get quiet and go inward and just see like, what's there for you right now? Are you elated? Are you agitated? Are you anxious about something? What's there right now? Um, and that art making can really be a way to be with what is the good, the hard and everything in between. And it welcomes everything. Everything is welcome onto the page. Um, and then I would say, start. <laughs> um, one of the invitations we use at Jewish Studio Project is start by making marks on the page. So really just that simple. Start by making marks on the page. And then one of the rules of the studio at JSP is to follow pleasure. And what we mean by follow pleasure is like follow where the energy leads you. Where, where are you feeling the energy move and where are you feeling stuck? And let yourself follow where the energy is. Feeling, doing little circles is feeling really good or working with the color green or big giant brushstrokes um, to not be focused on what the end result is going to be, but on what feels good in this moment right now in this activity. So yeah, pick up a material that intrigues you and a color that sparks your interest. Start by making marks on the page and then follow where the energy leads you. Give yourself a set amount of time. Um, even if it's like 10 minutes is what you have in the day and kind of see where you are at the end. It's interesting. I think it was either you or your partner said on um, the Judaism Unbound podcast a couple of years ago, when when maybe the Jewish Studio Project was a little less known, that people seem to just assume it was a program for kids. And <laughs> you know, there is something like that. It just, I think, everybody seems to take for granted that being creative is is a positive for for kids, even if. Um, you know, we know they're not the next Picasso, but but there isn't that assumption at all with with, with adults to leave leave the art for the artists. 
Correct. And being an artist is an amazing thing. And there is a place for people with trained skills and abilities and who have honed a craft. And that's extremely important. Um, and what we're trying to say is art materials, though, are for everyone. And where do we lose the ability to stop playing with paints or finger painting or color? Like these are spiritual tools and tools for self-exploration. And like you said, yeah, maybe even as early as preschool, I can see kids being, my piece wasn't hung on the wall or I wasn't <laughs> praised for what I did. Um, and so we start learning like, I'm not good at that. I'm gonna stick to the things that I'm good at. And, um, you know, humans are innately creative. I mean, Jewish Studio Project, the foundational belief is that we're all made, right? Torah teaches, Bereshit bara Elohim, in the beginning God created. Creating creativity is the first act. It's from that act that the entire world is birthed. Um, and we're told a few verses later that humans are created but Salam Elohim in the image of this divine creative force. Um, therefore, each and every one of us are endowed with this creative capacity. And as humans, we need to be creative. And so really, these tools are all of ours. And I think we get so focused or we've been so trained to focus on product or end result or art is really about what other people think of what I've made. Um, and really art can be just for you. You never have to show it to anyone. Um, we see it as a form of prayer. It's all of ours mm. and it's a tool for connecting to self and to something bigger than ourselves. All right. Hopefully my, my, my listeners have, have been patient and, and, um, but um, I've, I've waited a while to ask you maybe what should have been the first question is, what is the Jewish Studio Project? <laughs> um, Jewish Studio Project is a five-year-old organization located in Berkeley, but working nationally. And our mission is to activate the creativity that exists within each and every one of us. And the goal of that is threefold, to make life more meaningful, to make Judaism more alive, and to make the world more just. So we really see this creative process, this art making and text learning methodology as working on all of those levels, um, allowing us to more deeply know ourselves as an individual and what's here for me in my life and what do I need next? And, you know, have I made art about it yet? Um, the art making practice that we use interacts with Jewish text. So how can creative process allow new insights and information to surface from our ancient texts? and allow me to bring my unique voice to this ancient tradition so it can continue to thrive and to um, inspire others. And then really about social change, um, that we see the creative process as, as I said earlier, um, helping to cultivate the traits within ourselves that we need to make the world a better place, which we see as learning how to be with complexity and sit with ambiguity and um, traverse the unknown with courage. And what are, obviously things are a little different now, but what are, what are some of the main programs you run? So our core program is called the Studio Immersive, and it's a five-day deep dive into the Jewish studio process methodology, um, spiritual practice, Beit Midrash, tech study, house of inquiry, Jewish tech study, and this art making practice. And we've now done seven studio immersives, and we have an alumni base of 100 folks all over the country. And one of the amazing things, despite all that is very hard and challenging and, you know, fills me with grief about this time, there's also been something really beautiful in moving everything to Zoom that we've been able to connect and really build this alumni community all across the country and connect folks to each other. Um, so that's like a core program. We also have all kinds of ongoing local programs for our local community. 
um, and we do a lot of professional development, um, traveling all over the country to work with clergy and spiritual leaders, Jewish professionals, and Jewish educators at um, institutions all over the country. How have the programs been been impacted by everybody having to stay in their homes? Yeah, well, one of the things is that people have more time and a real need. Um, it seems like four ways of connecting to community across distance and for spiritual tools for being with what's really hard. And so I feel really grateful um, to be able to offer this. We had a program the other week um, with 70 people all over the country making art together and doing tech study. And it feels incredible to be able to feel a sense of connection and kinship with folks without even having to speak to one another, um, to be sort of simultaneously making art in our own spaces, but feeling connected to one another through seeing each other and, and knowing that we're each doing this process in our own way. Um, but we, we are actually doing more programming now than we ever have. We have like wow. five or six programs a week now. Um, some are more tech study based, creative writing based, visual art making based, um, or more on spiritual practice and singing and sort of just dropping into the moment. Um, I, I believe the Evolve essay talks about the four, the four rules of the studio process. Is that important to, to understand? Yeah, I think the rules of the studio, they're great for art making. And they're also, we always say, taking it off the page. Like they're really great practices I find um, to be applied to daily life. So the first rule I mentioned before is follow pleasure. And like I said, that means follow the energy, follow where the energy is leading you. Um, and how can we learn to do that? First, how to listen to ourselves of like, what is pleasurable in this moment? What is feeding me or giving me energy? Um, and often it isn't about joy or happiness. It's about, you know, being with pain or being with grief, but it's where the energy is sort of leading us to be. Um, so how can I do that with materials on the page, but also how can I do that in my life? Um, the second rule is the no comment rule, which is often the hardest one for folks. Um, and the rule is no commenting on your own or anyone else's piece, even and especially to say how much you love it, which is usually what we want to say because we've been conditioned to be polite to one another. Um, and the idea behind that rule is, first of all, it frees you up. If you're not thinking about what you're going to say to someone about their piece or what they might say to you about yours, it frees you up to just get to focus on what's at hand at your, on your piece. And also we talk about, you know, when we want to make comments on other people's pieces, usually our comments have much more to say about ourselves than they do about the other person or their piece. And rather than offloading that comment and that energy to that other person to have to hold, if we can channel that comment into our piece, like what does it say to us? What does it mean for us that we wanted to say that? Um, it usually has a tremendous amount to offer. So I am by no means perfect at this. In, in the studio, I abide by this rule. In my real life, you know, with children and all kinds of other things, it's not always possible. And it's not always an appropriate rule to follow, but sometimes it is. Like, hmm, how might no comment be really helpful here? <laughs> this just uh, seems the polar opposite of the, the kind of workshop method that most of us think about with maybe, maybe the typical studio art class. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's totally a place for studio art classes that are giving you feedback on technique and, you know, getting peer reviewed. I think all that stuff can be really important with a certain goal in mind. Um, for us, the goal is about learning to listen to yourself as the authority and what do you need? What do you want? What does it say to you? And so having someone else's comments actually really interrupt that process. Um, and we're so conditioned to create things that are praised by other people that it really, um, sort of narrows what 
is possible, what, what gets created, sort of the field of what gets created gets really narrow because we're all trying to do things that we think will get accolades or impress or, you know, be told that we're the best because we all want to be the best. And so when we take out that, um, when we say no comment and we take that factor out, what is able to be created just kind of can explode into like whatever is coming to you, whatever is coming through in this moment. Yeah, I've actually been been journaling throughout this past couple of months, which is not my normal practice. I normally, if I if I sit down to write something, it's 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 for an audience, and and I do think there is there is something you know in in, in doing that and just just kind of letting the hand flow. Um, something you wrote really really struck me was was you talked about you know the the Jewish studio process. Um, sifting the you know the emph- the emphasis from using art as a means of expression to a means of exploration um that sounds big i'm not sure i totally understand it can you can you give us a sense where you're where you're coming from with that yeah um i think the phrase that's often used is right artistic expression or creative expression and that's really valuable and important um i think art can help shift our ideas about something in hugely important ways. Um, but it's not the only way that art can be used. When I hear creative expression, I hear, I have an idea to express and through this artistic form, I'm going to express that and then others will be impacted by that. And just wanna lift up the value of also creative exploration of having no idea what the end result's gonna be or where something is going to end up, but going through that process of discovery and emergence um, of really being in the moment. One of the, we have a number of, foundational texts that guide the work of Jewish Studio Project. And one is um, the name of God, Ehieh Asher Ehieh. I will be that which I will be. And thinking about God as process and as us being in process with God and through creative process, co-creating this world that we exist in. And so can we be in that process of emergence of discovery without knowing what is going to end up at the other side? Because the truth is, we never really know, right? But can we let ourselves be on that journey without some predetermined destination? All right, short time out here. Want to help us out? Express your truest opinions? Please take a moment to give us a five-star rating or leave any kind of review on your podcast app. These ratings really help other people find the show and get these messages out there into the world. All right, now back to the interview with Rabbi Allen. How do you choose your text? Like what makes, what makes a good text for this, for this kind of process? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, depends on what your goal is and what, you know, if you're trying to study a particular thing, but really any text. I mean, we've done it with pieces of Talmud, certainly pieces of Midrash. Any, right now we're working on sort of a Jewish, Jewish artist way project um, that's using, going through all of the Parshiot, every, you know, section of the Torah. So really anything. (laughs) Um, The themes that we've sort of focused on in our studio immersive have been themes that are both rooted in Jewish text, but also sort of evocative of sort of existential human issues or questions. So like Lech Lecha, God's call to Avram to leave behind where he was and journey into the unknown um, and all the midrash and commentaries and texts around that. Our last immersive was on Dayenu um, what is enough, the question of what is enough and exploring that through creative process. So 
It can also be used with non-Jewish texts of like reading the newspaper and needing to respond to something. So really with whatever is sparking you, whatever is igniting something in you or whatever you have at hand. And I wanted to, to say to you about, you were saying you're usually writing for an audience, but now you've been doing more journaling during this time. And just to offer that, I think as someone who also writes for an audience often in my sermons or published pieces, um, this process goes really well hand in hand with sort of creating art for the public um, and can be a really great first step for that. And I was just thinking of um, a story from this past high holiday season that I was really stuck um, trying to come up with what I was gonna say for Kol Nidre for, we, we lead high holiday services in Berkeley for um, the Berkeley High Holy Day community. And I just could not, it just felt like such an important moment. And I just did not know what I was going to say. And so I went into the studio and did the Jewish studio process and started with marks on the page to see where it would lead me. And in this case, this image of a boat and waves with this big eye in the middle of the boat and a rainbow arcing overhead um, came out at the end of this sort of, must've been like a three hour session of art making. And I did in our process, we have a something called witnessing, which is writing in response to the piece and to the process. And all of this stuff came out about Noah's Ark and about Jonah and the whale. And from there, it led me to um, a sermon about climate change called Risking Everything, Noah's Ark in an Age of Climate Change. Um, and so I would say I didn't have that idea before. I wasn't thinking about Noah's Ark or going in and making a boat. But um, one of the quotes we think about a lot is um, that by the psychiatrist and psychoanalyst Carl Jung, who says, often the hands will solve a mystery that the intellect has struggled with in mm. vain. So I find when my intellect is not getting me to the place I wanna go, um, that creative process can allow me to open to knowing that exists in other places in myself and allow that to come to the surface. Who's, who's showing up for this uh, li live and online? Is there, is there a typical profile of a Jewish studio project participant? Uh I don't think so. One of the things we're so excited about is the intergenerational nature of the work and who it's sort of brought to our door. Um, there's people in their early 20s, um, people in their mid to late 80s, um, people of all different Jewish backgrounds, Orthodox to you know unaffiliated and everywhere in between. There's clergy um, and scholars and people who are completely unfamiliar with Jewish texts. Um, there's people who are established artists and people who are terrified of paints and art materials. Um, so that that's something we feel really excited about, that we've been able to create a space that brings all these different folks together and where each can offer what they have and learn what they need to learn. And it's been a really rich, um, really rich environment. Respecting confidentiality, is there any way you can give us an example of how it really impacted a, a participant's life or if you had an established artist, if it led to an, an artistic breakthrough or? Well, for a lot of art, uh, established artists, um, it leads to sort of a freeing up of creative energy mm -hmm. because they become so accomplished and so honed in their craft that doing anything that feels um, messy or unfinished or not neat, um, it's, all, it's sometimes hard to tolerate that. And so this process gives a real structure and invitation to like go to the places where they're not accomplished, where they're not the best at and like allow something to emerge. And often there's just so a wealth of creativity that can like explode from there um, that can influence the rest of their work. So definitely seen that with people who come in as established artists. Sorry, can you hear my kids screaming? One of the things we think about with the process is that it is able to hold 
both the intellect and the intuition and imagination. And I think often we have places we can go for intellectual engagement and stimulation and other places we might go for creativity and imagination, um, but that this is able to bring both of those together. Um, we often think of it as like the DNA strands of who we are as human beings, intellect and intuition, imagination, and that this process helps to reweave those strands because they become a little uh, bifurcated or separated, um, especially I think in the Jewish community where we have really, I think, overprivilege the intellect to some extent. Um, but the intellect is hugely important and needs a space at the table. So I think for folks who've been brought up in sort of more traditional Jewish intellectual environments, um, it's, it's been freeing in a way to have a place for the intellect, but to able to kind of surface and bring to bear intuition and imagination and um, get in touch with those parts of themselves that they may not have had before. Do you expect to continue the increased online um, availability, you know, post whatever we're in now, or is it too early to say? Yeah, it's so hard to say, like, what are people going to want or need in a few months? You know, we're really trying to stay in the moment, which is also hard when you're trying to manage <laughs> a team and a budget and all the rest of those things. Um, I think our highest priority is to respond to the need and to the moment and to bring our work to bear in the way that can be the most impactful. Um, and I certainly think that online will be a part of that um, going forward because it, it's it's really been special. Um, and to give so many more people, we've heard from folks just that they have access in a way that they never had. Like if they couldn't fly here to be at a studio immersive or, you know, how, how could, you know, we didn't travel to their city, they didn't have an option for tapping in and now they do. And so that feels really great to open up access in all kinds of ways. Do folks like have to have their own easels or paint tubes or is that all kind of clearly <laughs> stated or? No, we say, like I said, in the sort of exercise I took folks through on this um, earlier in this episode, really whatever you have is great to work with. Um, my parent, you know, my mom's an accomplished artist, but they just moved, as I mentioned, and they have a bunch of cardboard boxes. And so she's using those as the background to paint on because it's like an, a material she has in abundance. And I think that's, sort of a beautiful teaching for this time of like, what do you have and coming to appreciate and work with that, what you have on hand. And yeah, you can go online and order paints or whatever you want to work with too. And that's fun, but you know, your kids markers or crayons or the highlighters you have from work, like you can work with anything. And sometimes it's less intimidating when we're not using things that are deemed as art supplies um, where we might have more expectation on what comes out the other side. I think I, I, I heard or read somewhere other, um, you talking about the the comparison of art and and Judaism as as spectator sports or what you know what so many of us are happy to leave to the professionals um, is you know how does that linkage if it's there play out in in your work? Yeah, I said before, but you know it's really this work is about democratizing creativity and art making and democratizing Jewish learning and tech study, um, really with the belief that. Judaism needs all of our voices. Um, we say that Torah is an Eitz Chaim, that it's a living, breathing sort of tree of life. And for it to be that, I think it needs um, each generation and the fullness of each generation's continued sort of fresh breath blowing into it um, for it to stay alive. I think it wants that, it needs that. If I were to um, paint it as a person, <laughs> that's how I see it. Um, and we, I think a lot about the 
rabbinic midrash, the text about revelation and the moment of sort of God's voice coming forth on Sinai, where it says God spoke to us like a picture that was visible from all angles. Um, it spoke to each of us, um, but we each stood at a different angle. So therefore we each see some part of the truth. And by means of that analogy, none of us see all of the truth. And so it takes all of us from our perspectives, bringing our voices into the room. Um, so that's something really central to Jewish Studio Project and to this methodology is bringing real intellectual engagement with Jewish text in a way that allows every voice into the room and to bring your unique life experience, whether it's as a mother, a doctor, um, a librarian, you know, whatever your path has been and to bring that to bear on the text. Okay, another time out here. While we have just a couple seconds of your time, if you'd like to support these groundbreaking conversations of Evolve on the podcast, on the website, in our web conversations, or even the curriculum we're producing, you can. You can make a contribution to reconstructingjudaism.org backslash evolve dash donate. There's also a link in our show notes. Okay, thank you. And now back to Rabbi Adina Allen. I seem to recall you saying that, that um, Jewish Studio Project has actually done like high holiday services and things like things like that. Um, you know, that that seems to get into the question of an alternative Jewish model, because that's typically what we what we see like what we think of in terms of synagogue. So, you know, how do you how do you see Jewish Studio Project fitting in into the overall ecosystem? Yeah, you know. One thing I'm excited about is we've always seen ourselves as a spiritual community, and it's always been hard to convey that when we do have a spiritual community here in Berkeley, but we really see it as broader than that. We see it as anybody who is using the Jewish studio process as a spiritual path, as a spiritual tool. And like I said, this is a time when distance is sort of broken down by Zoom, and so that we can connect with folks all over the country and the world who are using this process um, and use it as a way both to prepare for and maybe even to engage with high holidays. Um, traditionally our holidays are more sort of uh, traditional service based with lots of poetry and singing, but not art making. And so I wonder if that will come into play this year or not. I mean, we've kind of been hearing about for a long time, how the, how the, um, the post world war II suburban synagogue model is, is struggling to adapt and, 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 and may not meet the needs of, current and future generations and and you know we're entering this what seems like a, re a really profound um economic crisis that that a lot of us haven't felt the full effects of yet i mean do you, i mean obviously you don't have a crystal ball any you know any sense what we're what we're going what you know what things might look like on 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 the other side of whatever this is <laughs> gosh if only i knew um, I'm asking myself, obviously, you know, the same questions and I don't know any more than, than you or anyone else, but I will say that I think given that question, art making is a really incredible tool, um, because it allows us to be in the present moment and create into the future, um, sort of take what we're imagining and create it on the page. And I think this is a time um, that calls for radical imagination of what, what do we want to come out of this on the other side? Um, what do we want to remain? What do we want to be different? Um, it's sort of this really intense and painful for many of us forced pause. Um, 
but I think it's a time where our imagination can really run wild of like, okay, if I could design my dream future of what this looks like on the other side, like what would that be like for myself, for Jewish community, um, for my family? I think I, I think I want to close and go back to the beginning, or at least at least close to the beginning. In your Evolve essay, you you describe what sounded almost like a revelatory experience, where you you brought us back to your to your um, to your college class and and art making really as as a way to tackle some of the pressing issues of the world. And I guess how does that how does that happen? How does cre- creating help one gain more empathy or or empower one to tackle these these things like climate change racism that seem intractable yeah um it's funny you use the word tackle and i feel like almost oh. like, no no football it's metaphor sorry <laughs> no no i think it's great because it sparks something for me that it's like less of an active process i think what what we as humans are sort of geared towards is like the active process of how are we going to tackle? How are we going to solve? What's our strategy and solution? And I think often we do that. Um, we create those solutions or those pathways from a place of um, where there's some blindness <laughs> within ourselves. And I think art making in this creative process, the Jewish studio process, or you know, other kinds of reflective art making can allow us to surface where the knots are for each one of us in these issues. Um, so that we can be clearer in approaching those issues um, without weaving our own baggage into the ways that we're responding or weaving less of it into the ways that we're responding. Um, And I think for some issues, it's not about tackling or doing anything. It's about like um, staying present to and aware of and awake and alive to. And I think art making is a way to do that. And it does it by in creative process. Like I said, you know, the foundational rule is to follow pleasure that we get to do that in a way that is pleasurable and pleasing by working with materials and moving our hands and being with color and texture. Um, I think often we feel like we need to constantly be like bludgeoning ourselves and suffering and that art making allows us a way to be with things that are really, really hard that are impossible to hold but in a way that allows some pleasure into that experience. Well, Rabbi Adina Allen, thank you so much for, for being with us, for, for sharing um, insight and stories and, and taking time out of a very packed, uh, compressed schedule. So. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It was wonderful to talk to you. Thanks for listening to my interview with Rabbi Adina Allen. If you enjoyed this conversation, definitely check out the essay on Evolve, The Jewish Studio Project, art making as another way to interpret our text. So what'd you think? I'd love to hear from you. Evolve is about conversations and we want you to be part of that. So send us your questions, comments, feedback, anything. You can reach me at bschwartzman at reconstructingjudaism.org. Evolve, groundbreaking Jewish conversations is executive produced by Rabbi Jacob Staub and edited by Sam Walks. Our theme song, Ilufinu, is by Rabbi Miriam Margols. The show is a production of Reconstructing Judaism. I'm your host, Brian Schwartzman, and we'll see you next time.